This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, The Legendary Dog Whistle Brandon. A few years ago, I met an inspiring young female officer named Haley Marie McClanghill, who was building an apparel line specifically for female warriors. She was still in the early days of launching her venture while also preparing to transition out of the military. From the moment I met her, I knew that given her background as an Air Force officer, NFL cheerleader, and passion for serving others, her business idea had some steam. Fast forward to today, Haley and her brand Torch Warrior Wear, a direct-to-consumer military apparel line for female service members and first responders, has been featured in multiple media outlets, including most recently, ABC's hit show Shark Tank. Haley has built her brand through social media and word of mouth. I had a chance to interview her on my other platform, The Transition, nearly two years ago, but wanted to invite her on Dog Whistle Branding to discuss what she's been up to lately, how she's approaching growth, and why she wants to continue bootstrapping Torch. Before we jump into the show, I need two favors from you. Number one, I need you to drop me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think of the show. And number two, if you haven't done so already, please check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. Validate your business model, build your brand, and step into greatness. Available on Amazon at the link in the show notes. All right, enough of me talking. Gunny, get them ready. Yo! Saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and Mission Plus, where together we're building the next generation of confident, resilient, and badass entrepreneurs and brands to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding and founder of Ironbound Media. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Haley, welcome to Dog Whistle Branding. Thank you for having me, Mike. What's going on? You know that entrepreneurial hustle? Haley and I met two years ago. I had her on the Transition Podcast right when she was in the early days of getting Torch off the ground, still in the process of transitioning out of the Air Force. And man, you took it and ran with it. Two years later, veteran Shark Tank, you're flying all over the country, pitching a Torch brand everywhere. And it's been real exciting to see your growth and progress. And we actually got to hang out in person when she came to uh, New York City. So super excited to finally have you on the platform. Thank you, Mike. No, seriously, I mean, it's been such a journey and such a whirlwind. And I feel like if you don't jump right in, it can just kind of be like, eh, like gets boring. And I don't do well with boring. So I was like, all right, we're going for it. (laughs) Brandon is looking dope. Y'all can't see her, but she's rocking her torch baseball cap. Bring our listeners up to speed on the brand. Oh, you got a necklace too? I got, well, my grandma actually made me this necklace. It has torch on the back of it. It's kind of cool. So our little secret. But my grandma's one of my biggest investors, which is pretty funny. She was uh, 20 years Air Force. So she's like always giving me cool merch. <laughs> I love it. I know. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, too, is I actually used Haley in my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, used torch as a case study on category design, which you're going to get into a little bit. But first, Haley, I would love you just to introduce yourself to our listeners. And bring us up to speed on all things Torch, because I feel like when you came on the Transition Podcast, 
you were still in that early stage and you're still early stage, but you've just grown so much as an entrepreneur and business owner. You've got some wins under your belt and uh, excited to learn about what the vision looks like today. Yeah, Mike. Um, well, everyone listening out there, I think when you first, well, again, for me, my background, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. So if you have always kind of had that dream of being an entrepreneur, you're you know, way ahead of where I was. I went to Penn State. I was like a math major. My grandma was in the Air Force for 20 years. So she recommended the ROTC program. So I didn't have to pay for school, which I think is genius because it's so expensive now. And I graduated, was a recruiter for a year in the Air Force out in Atlanta. And again, I have a background in dance and cheer. So I actually decided to cheer with the Atlanta Falcons for a year, which was kind of fun. So I always encourage everyone, like, even if you do join the military, you don't have to just do the military. So I cheered on the side, moved to Cali, COVID hit. And stopped cheering for a year, was a section commander for the maintenance squadron. So it was kind of behind a desk and doing a lot of paperwork. Decided that the military wasn't really, if I had to keep doing this job, it really wasn't for me. So I decided to get out. And around the time I decided to get out, a little fairy came around and gave me an idea. And it was my bodysuit idea. I thoroughly enjoy fashion and dressing up outside of my uniform. So I just kind of wanted to build something that was like a blend of both. So Lo and behold, the baby's born, and now we're here, two years in. What did you do to get those first initial sales and validate the business model? Social media, TikTok. It was all through social media? Yep, mm-hmm. all through social media, which is awesome. One thing we were talking about early on, too, was the problem you identified was that female warriors, so first responders, military, et cetera, are not allowed to wear bodysuits in uniform, right? And this is something that you would assume would be accessible Considering like the military has been integrating women for what now? Since like the 1960s? Yeah, 50s, something. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, something. (laughs) But you identified this and you're bringing the product, you're bringing the product to market. But how was it initially received? It was honestly, I would say a 50-50 split. Like when I posted it, so many girls, I mean, girls from around the world were like, we need this. And then when I had it out there and people actually started to get to know the, the brand, what we're doing. And I started posting like some Facebook ads. I mean, we had just destroyed. How do you pee in this thing? This is so uncomfortable. How dare these women try to look sexy in their uniforms? And it was really a 50-50 split. And so I just had to kind of get a backbone and start to address all of those negative comments. And honestly, I got to a point where I was like, the girls that were saying these, this, this is a horrible idea, I would send them a free bodysuit and be like, create a video for me, feedback video, sit in it all day, do all your things in it all day. And tell me how you feel. And a couple of girls did that and it honestly shut them down. So <laughs> so getting those referrals going, getting that social proof, really getting the product in the hands of people. Because one thing I always try to tell people is you've got to get out and actually got to sell the product, right? Yeah. It's all just an idea, right? You don't actually have a business until you're bringing in revenue. And mm-hmm. so you start selling it on social media. You start promoting the brand there. That's when you and I connected because you messaged me on Instagram. And I might have got her in a little trouble, y'all, because... I'm big on category and I try to tell everyone people solve problems with categories and then brands are like the icing on the cake because the brands are the values aligned with it. So example, if I send you to the the grocery store and say, hey, my hot dogs are a little dry. I need you to grab some sauce for us. Chances are you're going to solve that problem with what? Ketchup. You're going to solve it for with mustard. And then what brands are you going to identify with? Probably Heinz because it's the category king and Mm -hmm. some others. And so for what you were doing from a product perspective, right? I felt like, okay, 
this group of women that you're going after, these female warriors, right? They need a brand of apparel that they can buy specifically for them. So that's where we came up with this idea for warrior wear. Because I believe at the time you were calling it Torch by Haley Marie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But Haley told me I might got in a little trouble because people <laughs> were trademarking warrior wear and people were trademarking Torch. But what <laughs> I told her was you can't trademark a category. You can't trademark like social media. Can't trademark catch up, right? Like it just doesn't work like that. So mm-hmm. talk to me about how that category strategy actually helped you get to where you are now, though? Yeah, I do think it gave a lot of clarity to my audience what we were doing. When you first start off, kind of like what Mike was telling me, he's like, look, like, you can't just assume people want to buy from you just because of who you are and your name. Like, it's a little pretentious. Now that I look back, I'm like, that's a little, uh, I was thinking a little bit too highly of myself. But I think you just have to kind of break it down to its simplest form. And that's kind of what it allowed us to do. And so whenever I talk to people about what I'm creating, they're like, well, what's the future for your brand? Is it just bodysuits? It's like, no, I'm creating an entire category for military women. So it's everything warrior wear is inclusive of what are, it's basically female uniform innovative solutions. And that is warrior wear. So that can be anything in that space. When you think about that space though, right? Like product innovation. Right. It's, it can't just be brand. Right. You've got right. some unique innovation. You think of like Under Armour and how they came out first. But then what happens? Nike speeds up and starts doing something similar. Then Under Armour has their challenges. Right. So when yeah. you look at like the fitness landscape and stuff, I'm seeing people put technology in their products, allowing you to measure, you know, freaking body fat and tempos and stuff like that. Yeah. How have you thought about that with regards to Torch? And have you got any pushback when you've been trying to raise capital for it? I am kind of sticking in the tactical realm where we haven't dove into really the athlete. I feel like that's like what a lot of athletes are going to want. And eventually, I think it's a great idea to get into that. But right now, the the more basic levels of what a tactical woman would mean, fire resistant. I actually was talking to a woman who's in the Australian Navy, and she's saying that they're big on UV protection. So there's there's actual clothing you can wear that's actually like instead of sunscreen it's you can wear that instead so creating a base layer that has uv protection and i'm like okay like i can stick in those two lanes when it comes to funding you know i did the pitch competition which i think i highly recommend a lot of people to do finding opportunities just to get comfortable speaking to people about your brand that was huge getting that fifty thousand dollar grant i did another pitch competition it wasn't veteran focused it was more like just in general we won that which was almost even more rewarding in a way because i was like oh i like explain to these people and they actually understand my world and they're not military. So that was super rewarding. And next, you know, I'm actually more in this space where I don't want to bring on any like investors or anything like that. I'd rather really continue doing it by myself and be like 100% owner unless the right like perfect partner comes in. Like I think I jumped in to try to be like partners with some people and it just didn't work out the way that I thought it would. So I would recommend people to really think before they try to get into bed with like, you know, even a bank or somebody else, like just trying to figure out how to do it like by yourself, pre-orders or whatever, like keeping it in-house. So now I'm looking for lines of credit just to kind of, again, get inventory where I want it to be. But now I'm shifting my focus away from like brand awareness, brand awareness, brand awareness. Like you were saying, I was traveling all over the world, like all over the US for the past two years. This is the first month I've been home for an entire month in two years. Like I'm just like finally here. I'm kind of losing my mind. But 
now I'm shifting into like the backhand backhand side of things. So systemizing my inventory, making sure my accounting is good to go, making sure that my daily operations are really streamlined, like getting to that phase and then hopefully developing new products in 2024, but with like a solid plan. So it sounds to me like you're getting out of that hustle phase, right? And trying to get more into the growth. But here's the deal. And I have this conversation with people all the time. People say, oh, I need to get out there. We need to build awareness. You identified that your perfect customer was, well, actually, you tell us who your perfect customer was first. Perfect would be probably second, like CGOs, combat CGOs, officers who are like between the ages of 18 and 25. Perfect. All right. So we identified as perfect customer. And I was going to say service academy grads, young, young women at service academies, et cetera. And you know what you did? You went out there. You were kicking up dirt. You did conferences. You did shot show. You did everywhere you thought was a potential watering hole for your perfect customer. And you put torch, you know, front and center. And most people, I think they're spending too much time trying to do this work behind the Internet, especially Mm -hmm. when they have a product based business. And it doesn't work like that. Right. Like you've got to actually get out there. You've got to get in front of customers. You got to find out what resonates with them. That way, when you're the one selling the product yourself, right, you sold the first $100,000 yourself, now you're able to come back and update your marketing copy or you hire a marketing person and you're saying, no, this is what resonates, not that, you know, get rid of this, get rid of that. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid of the sales aspect and sales are the best way to build awareness early on. And so you've done that. You've got the experience. Now you're able to kind of come back, reassess and say, okay, what do I got to do to get to that next stage of growth? Because we're past the validation model. You know, you've in recurring revenue. So you got predictable revenue. Now right. you're at the phase of like, okay, I need to actually start building a foundation so this thing can run without me. Right. And I think the next stage too is staying unpredictable and like not getting too comfortable. Like, like you said, I'm getting out of this new, I'm getting into this new phase, but I'm almost like, all right, Haley, we became who we were because of how unexpected we were and how just different we were. So how can we maintain that? But also, like you said, having a strong foundation for like SOPs and all that stuff. So it runs more smoothly. But now I can really dive into my creative space of like, how can we stay different from everyone? That's really what I'm trying to like hammer in. Before we went live, you were stressing about how hard it is to run a product-based business because you're like, people see an agency and they're like, oh my God, it's so easy. What makes product so difficult? Oh man, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't have experience in this, I mean, it's like inventory management. I mean, I have an incredible distribution center, which is a blessing, but it's also this feeling of having to innovate with an actual product again. And I, like you were saying, like what's coming next. And it's like, I'm starting to think about that, but also I've gotten this advice from people who are like, wait till you sell a million dollars of one product and then ship to something else, you know, like wait till you capitalize your market first and then innovate. And I think that's true, but I think my market is a little different because we're military and because we're so unique in the space. So it's just this constant battle of like, doing your bread and butter, but also innovating and having the capital to, and planning ahead to like have that capital, be able to fulfill your inventory and your, and like the growth of your business. So yeah, it's, it's a little confusing at this stage now. I'm like, all right, do I, do I bring something new in or I keep doing what I'm doing? How many products do you currently have on market? We have two styles, uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, and each in seven colors. And then we have hats right now. So 
So you got the swag, right? People want to love and support, but like your flagship is the bodysuit, the short sleeve, and the long sleeve. I think one one thing that is hard about being an entrepreneur is you get so much advice. And it's like, what <laughs> advice do you follow? Because part of me is of the mind of like, yo, if you're a bootstrapper, yo, get really good at that one to two products that you can sell repeatedly over and over. But then again, like you're the one in the trenches, you're talking to customers. And like we said, we're still in this early stage phase. So you could still stumble upon what product that people really need. Yeah. And it's funny. My dad is an entrepreneur. He's hilarious. You'd We should both come on one time. You would freaking love him. He runs a trucking company and he'll always tell me, he'd be like, when I first started up, everyone was giving me advice. Do this, do this, do this, do this. He's like, Haley, you do things the way that you do things and it's working for, is it still working for you? All right. Follow your own heart. Is it, are you still winning? Great. The second, I think you'd start to start getting a bigger picture and like obviously be open and take everything with a grain of salt. But like if you're winning and it's like working, keep moving in that direction and and trust yourself, you know, trust yourself until shit starts going, excuse me, but shit starts going wrong. And you're like, Oh crap, I should probably pivot. Let's get some like, you know, outside advice. I mean, thinking of pivoting, right? Social media, right? It's been the wild west. Okay. Because you had Facebook, then they're launching threads, Right. Then you've got, you know, LinkedIn is still kind of taking off, but it's getting a little bit spammy. Instagram is a whole different place than it was like two or three years ago. So how has that affected your business and how have you adopted like your marketing strategy to stay front and center with your customers? It's it's everyday experimentation. But now I post and I do all my social media still, which I don't recommend. I mean. You, you got to know, you got to get to know your people. I think I'm still in the phase of understanding my audience and what they want to see. I'm posting every day. I'm doing different things. Memes work a lot in the military community. We all like humor. And then also I've noticed like highlighting other people and really making your platform a place where people can feel seen and heard and want to be seen and heard on your platform. Podcasts, like having opportunities for people to, having opportunities for people to share their stories, like and elevate them in that community is really, it performs well on my page. Just to say like, oh, shouting out the West Point basketball team, like that that gets real, a lot of likes or again, a funny meme or something like that. But, and then motivation, of course, just like motivating our community. So I'm, I'm figuring it out slowly and surely, but it's a daily grind and it's a daily, you know, at night, every night I'm like, all right, what am I going to post next? And hopefully I can build a team that thinks that way. Um, in the near future, because I want to get away from that day-to-day grind as the CEO. Yeah, Haley, you got to get off the social media. Your time Woo! is worth $10,000 a minute. You need to be cutting deals with Nike and some of these other brands, right? Not running the TikTok ads. Oh, boy, Mike. It's so hard to, I'm telling you, my style. But that's the thing. A lot of entrepreneurs will say that. It's so hard to teach other people. No, you got to take the time to really sit down and put it on paper so you can train somebody else. It's very important. Delegation is, is I'm learning that now. Delegation, delegation, delegation. That's huge. And also recognizing that even their 80%, right, they're never going to do it as like you, right? Because we just have crazy standards. Sometimes we get people that are really good. But the yeah. thing is, you got to free yourself up to focus on that higher level value stuff. Like me playing around in Canva, no, like never going to happen. That's why I got a marketing person, you know, to help create the assets. Newsletter. You love Canva? Yeah. But that that could be your zone of genius too, right? So a lot of y'all listening, right? We start businesses because, you know, we're, we're driven by purpose and passion and yada, yada, yada. Then all of a sudden you get into it and it's like, man, I actually don't like what I'm doing. Like I don't like spreadsheets and I don't like doing that stuff. You actually don't have to do those things, right? Yeah. You can stay in that zone that fills you up and just cover down, 
right? And make yeah. sure somebody else is doing the stuff. Like every time I meet with my team at Ironbound Media, I always ask them, like, are you enjoying what you're doing? If mm-hmm. not, let us know so we can move you into another spot and get someone else to cover down on that because it's just yeah. too much of a grind to be doing stuff that we hate all day. I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh, you're preaching. I mean, I just brought, I got a little intern that kind of wants to start working with me and she's in high school and I met her at an entrepreneurship conference that I was speaking at and she's awesome, but she's very much like, and I feel like I see a lot of myself in her where, and I see, I think a lot of people do this and women, I think do this a lot. We'll be like, yeah, we'll do it. And it'll be great. And I'll do anything you want me to do. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Awesome. Yeah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, but like, well, what do you really want to do? Because I'm going to get your genius and I'm going to get your greatness in what you enjoy doing. So I keep trying to ask her, I'm like, stop telling me you can do everything and you want to do everything. Just tell me what you want to do. But she probably doesn't know. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw a bunch at you and then we'll see how you feel. And I just really, it's important to pay attention to how you feel when you're doing tasks. Because if it's like freaking molasses, you're like, oh, you don't want to do that. But if you're like, yes, you're energized, like lean into that. Yeah, that energy management is real. I try to tell people because, again, I am not a spreadsheet. I mean, I took my Kobe. My <laughs> my Kobe is one of the assessments that you all can take. Yeah. And I'm a quick start. So I can start a business in like an hour. Right. Cool. I struggle with like follow through and implementation of things. But that's why I got to have, you know, virtual assistants and operations person, because, yeah. again, that's their zone of genius, not mine. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my God, no. no. Now, what about email marketing, Haley? How have you leveraged that? I brought on a marketing agency for that. I have no idea all that tech stuff. So they handle that for me. We do a little text marketing the first and the 15th of every month because that's when military people get paid, you know, just a little ping there. Just kind of, it's just, we also implemented like, you know, if we they haven't bought in, a, in 90 days, in 100 days, you know, those like kind of automations are in there just software side of things. I'd like to, I'd like to create more fun creatives for it because I think our audience is getting a little aware. Like, I think again, you, you got to, sh- I heard something that was like, people don't want to keep seeing the same marketing over and over again. They want to see different stuff. So like, be very aware of that. And I think we need like a new photo shoot soon. And that's another thing for product-based businesses. It's like photo shoots and all that stuff, blah, 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 like all the things you have to plan for to stay new and like not boring. I like how many times can I show you a bodysuit? So I like to be a little more creative in the email space right now. It's working. And then we do a monthly newsletter. So is the, is the majority of your revenue purchases coming through social media still? Yes. 90%. That's great. One of the things I just be aware of, and I did a whole email, I did a whole podcast on this of, I'm just worried that social media is rented land. You know, we spend all our time building our audiences on these platforms. And then in a second, they can change an algorithm or something. And we're up Shit's Creek. And so I've been encouraging everyone to like get an email list going, right? Prioritize that email list because Eric Huberman runs Hawk Media. It's this marketing consultancy that's like worked with a lot of brands from Red Bull, et cetera. And he says, people always say email marketing is dead. Email marketing is dead. He's been doing this for like 15 years at this point. Email marketing is still alive and well. And so I would challenge you to really lean into that just to kind of de-risk yourself a little bit. Okay, I love that. Yes, I would love that. And I think as I develop my um, personal brand also as a CEO, and I'm going to be developing a new like Haley McLean Hill website, that's going to be a big focal point. So that's going to be huge, getting emails from that side of things. 
Yeah, I actually just created an ironmikestedman.com. So I got to get that launched. That's some more work I got to get done. But Woo! be on the lookout on that for y'all because especially since I started business coaching, yeah. I've been leaning more into that. Now, your initial marketing plan for Torch, right? You focus on social media. You created the marketing plan yourself. Where I'm assuming you created it and implemented it yourself. I do. I do have a business coach, which is interesting you say that. I have a business coach and she did help me like formulate certain things. But I mean, overall, it was just like creating cool content. And that's kind of what got us where we are today. So knowing what you know now, right, for our listeners that may have a product based business themselves and they're like, okay, I need to build awareness. We need to do marketing. How would you advise them? You know, my goodness. Okay. I feel like I want to talk to like the people who are just starting out. It's like you have to, first of all, research your environment, research your competition. What are they doing? How are they putting things out? And then you almost got to do the complete opposite of that. <laughs> you got right. to do the complete opposite and you got to just show yourself as like, we are here and we are completely different from all of our other competitors. And that's when you need to just, yeah, create something like again it's just creating the unexpected in marketing i think that's really what it is to be like what is this and just get buzz around it post on social media get people who like your product i mean influencer marketing is huge we just brought on two big influencers and a couple of their tiktoks went to five million and it's like i mean we are uptick in sales that month was like 45 percent. like it's just like influencer marketing for sure if you can get in there Cause it's all like people just want to see that other people like it, you know? So be unexpected and get people on board. That's what I would say. Yeah. People are looking for that social proof. And like you said, influencer is a way of like, I follow this person, I track them, but I wonder if influencer marketing gets a little messy. I couldn't imagine the personalities, you know, they, especially they get their little Instagram following, think they're damn Will Smith or whoever else. And now you got to deal with them and negotiate, but it's like a necessary evil. It is. And you get to just, Choose who you pick, who, choose who you work with. Like, I'm very, like, I'm very particular with who I'm working with because it, as you understand too, it's like you're building a business. It doesn't mean you have to be like prison and, and work with people you don't want to work with. Like, choose people that are cool and like fit your vibe. Yeah. And whose values align with yours as well. That's everything. I mean, again, a quick story, but it's like, you know, I think one of the main reasons where, where I wanted to create a space on my social media too and like create Torch, the, 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 the idea of it when people come to my page is very empowering and inspiring. It's not like too sexy, even though our product is a base layer. It's like, I want it to be very like empowering superhero vibe. Like there's a lot of women who put their, a lot of their things out there, you know, and I want to encourage, again, this is just a little plug, but it's like, you don't have to do that and you don't need, and you don't need to do that to like become famous, like, or whatever. And so even if you are an influencer, there's a girl who has a million followers and she's a military influencer but she's got 90% men because of what she's posting. It's like, I can't use you because you're not my, you're not even hitting my target audience. So I just encourage women to be classy young ladies and empower, and create empowering content because that's what I look for. I look for women who are more than just a pretty face. It's they're inspirational. That's what I'm looking for. And again, right. I try to tell people dog whistle branding is about attracting people with the right values as you as well. And so like your brand stands for something. So yeah. you're very protective of it and you don't want it out there with some, you know, OnlyFans model or someone else. And you're like, nope, because now people are going to have a negative stigma about torch. So I like the fact that you have the left and right lateral limits laid out 
at least in your mind. And for those of you listening, if you don't, you got to get those values down because you can't, you know, I think that's the thing about now with business, right? Ethically, right? Just because mm-hmm. you could doesn't necessarily mean you should. Is it all about making money? Are you no. a missionary? Are you a mercenary or are you a missionary? Two different types of approaches to business. Absolutely, Mike. You hit that dead on. It's not worth it. Trust me, because it can all come crashing down in a minute. So you've had a couple big wins. Veteran Shark Tank. I had a chance to talk with you for about like an hour and a half before you flew there and you freaking just crushed it. What was that experience like going down there, pitching in front of all those people and walking away, I believe, with like $50,000 in seed capital for Torch? Oh, yeah. I mean, Mike, it felt like I won the Super Bowl. Like I literally have never done that in my life. I think, again, for new entrepreneurs, anybody who maybe is is younger, in their teens or whatever, playing a sport and, you know, taking every opportunity to speak in front of a crowd, taking a speaking class, watching YouTube on like, you know, being in front of people. It's so, so such a valuable skill. And so, I mean, I, I, I used to, you know, I was a cheerleader. So like my presence on stage, I just went in, I went in thinking you got to be educational, you got to be entertaining and you just got to be Haley and you got to be prepared. And I just really went in super prepared and to be able to stand up there and show how important this community is, what we're building and why it's so important and and to see that in other people's and put that idea in other people's heads and see them be excited about it. I mean, it's just one of the most amazing experiences, but you got to do it. It's it's like a dance. Like you're like dancing with these people kind of. And so it was a very, it's really changed my perspective. I'm very passionate about pitch competitions now too. So like formulating something fun because I've seen some where you're just like, you know, why did you... What like it's more than the brand. It's about making these people feel a part of that community, and how can you bring them into your world? So it's it's a really fun science that I'm like excited to kind of learn more about. Here's one of the things I've realized over this last year, and people told me this earlier on. But when I think about the wins I racked up from grants from the USC, the UFC, the Dick Sporting Goods Foundation, this fellowship I got, as much as you are selling your venture, you're also selling yourself particularly when it comes to investing and pitch competitions, et cetera, because people like to bet on winners. And when I zoom out and look at you, Haley, right, your background as a Penn State cheerleader, right, Air Force officer, NFL cheerleader, entrepreneur, you know intimately the demographic that you're serving because, let's be honest, you're scratching your own itch, right? And so if I was betting on someone to bring this product to market, it would absolutely 100% be you. And so when you're out there and y'all are pitching and you're preaching the gospel about your ventures, right, you also need to convey why you're the one to solve this problem. And you got to have some social proof. All that stuff I talked about with Haley, that's all social proof. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly, Mike. I mean, that's everything. Selling yourself and showing up as your best version of yourself because, I mean, that's the first thing that they're going to look at. They're going to look at your posture. They're going to look at how you're presenting yourself. They're going to look at, are you smiling? Like, everything, your outfit, everything. You're the, it's the full package. Who cares about your business? I mean, yes, but I mean, if you're not showing up hundred percent, like that's all that, that's all that matters. It's funny. My, my business coach, you know, she's like, I'm like, what do I need to do? I'm preparing. I did like my first keynote as a CEO to a bunch of kids who want to be entrepreneurs. I'm like, how do I prepare for this? She's like, you just need to take care of Haley and make sure you feel the most in line with yourself. Go work out, get some sun, drink some water, do all the things, feel your most, most, light self and everything else will fall into place. So I think that's number one. Yeah, everybody. Entrepreneurs, 
pour into your business, but pour into yourself. You got to keep learning. It's so important. And yeah, growing and thriving. What's the what's the next stage of growth look like for you? So you've got this money that you receive from the veteran shark tanks. You're invested in your business. What 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 is the next, you know, six months to a year look like? You know, Mike, I really want to say I'm almost want to be in like a slight hibernation phase of like, again, a lot of deep thought and a lot of mentorship of what does it look like to go from a small business now to like a mature medium level business? So like little baby Lululemon or like whatever, like I, I just think the whole scrappiness of the startup world fun, but it's like, what are these long lasting companies doing to be consistent and longstanding and build community over time. So I'm almost maturing the sense of like, oh, it's so fun. Like I want to do this, but like, I just want to, I'm doing a lot of men, you know, I'm I'm interning. I'm um, trying to do a lot of just research and, you know, what does it look like to be a multi-million dollar company? What does it mean? What are things I need in place? Just a little bit more thought process now so instead of doing it's a little more of thinking and then just so i can springboard up to the next level with that being said has your perspective on torch changed since you first started yeah it has um a lot to lose that's the first thing that comes to my mind i have a lot to lose now i mean i have this baby that i've created and it's turning into a toddler and i'm like all right like i gotta let it go a little bit in the sense of like all right, I can't be so nervous about every little like every little thing and putting out all these fires. Now it's like trusting what I built and meant and it's just it really feels like a kid. Like it really does. Now I'm like, all right, now we're here. Now how do we get you to that elite level? Like I'm almost like building a little professional athlete. Like that's how I think of it. I'm like, all right, yeah. I gotta get you in the right spaces and with the right people and connecting with the right people. That's a big thing. Like collaborating with the right brands, collaborating with the right influencers like that's what kind of sets you apart your relationships so i have a theory i think theory number one is you got to stay alive right so we never talk about this but that first couple years fighting for cash flow fighting for margin you know going toe-to-toe it's rough but the brands that win got to stay alive so that's natural the other thing is i am realizing that we have to brace ourselves for the long haul so you know i think a lot of us got caught up in this you know, start a business, grow it, exit fast, whatever. A lot of life happens, right? And shit does not happen fast at all. So, you know, a year turns into three years, three years turns into five years, and there's research out there, but it takes businesses like 10 years to mature, you know? So just bracing ourselves for that long haul fight, going back to the sustainability that you talked about, taking care of yourself, working out, doing all the stuff to make sure that you're good, and then letting us, you know, take that and grow as leaders while we grow the businesses at the same time. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because if you're running yourself into the ground, I mean, you are, you are pretty much everything. But then, like you said, it's the long, it's the long haul. And as I read more books and listen to more people and all these things, it's like the two top things that I wasn't even really thinking about when I first started the business was the two top things you should be thinking about. But what I wasn't thinking about was profitability and delegation. And now I feel like as I'm entering this more mature phase, it's like, okay, what, how can I be, you know, like that method of the, if you get hit by a bus, like, is your whole operation going to go down? It's like, yes, it will right now for sure. So stepping away from that, building those safe, those safeguards and really leaning into profitability. So then again, it's thriving on both sides, me personally and the business professionally, instead of me just like, 
you know, it's like, all right, let's thrive so we can really come and step into our power. <clears throat> so as we wrap up here, Haley, you've given us so much of your time and insight. we got a community of veteran entrepreneurs, military spouses, and, you know, supporters from all over the country, all over the world tuning in. As a community on DWB, how can we support and help you achieve this next stage of growth that you talked about? Hey guys, first of all, thank you. Just super honored. And I just want to just say one thing where it's like, you know, this is such a selfless place to be entrepreneurship. And the more and more I can serve my community and serve people like you, please let me know. So if there's, you know, workshops or things you want to know or other opportunities for me to share my knowledge, please reach out. Don't hesitate to reach out. Follow me at I am Haley Marie. We're going to be launching our podcast. I'm going to be coming out with a book soon, some big things coming out just with the brand. And uh, yeah, I would just say feedback, like genuine feedback from the heart. I think good or bad, I think that'll help me grow and the brand grow. So be honest. We we'll appreciate you. Your podcast is called Torch Talks. Torch Talks. Yes. Coming. So on. it airs. Yes. It airs this Friday. I'll be sure to include a link in the show notes and also a link to your website as always to our listeners if you haven't done so make sure you subscribe to the dog whistle brandon newsletter as well if there's a topic you want me to cover on the show or in the newsletter reach out to me on linkedin at iron mike stedman or mess me directly via email at michaelweirironbound.com until next time everyone peace love have a great rest of your week dog whistle branding is brought to you by the team at ironbound media where we blend strategy storytelling and podcasting to transform your brand into a dog whistle for your perfect customer. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by Mission Plus, a tech platform that helps nonprofit organizations upgrade their websites and leverage technology to deliver their services online. If your organization cares about its mission, then it needs to be built on Mission Plus. You can learn more by visiting missionplus.com.